podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Hello, welcome back to the Masterclass. I'm Haydar Abani and I'm your host as ever today. Manchester United have won 4-1. Cristiano Ronaldo is back. I can't even say his name properly. I'm just, uh, I'm so, Rob, yesterday I was screaming, I was shouting. Obviously, Ronaldo back. It was a great day for United fans. Two goals for him, a magical comeback. Obviously, you're feeling a little bit hoarse today. I'm sure a lot of other mm. Man United fans are as well. Two, two fantastic goals for me. Not the best performance, if I'm honest. And I think some fans might be a little bit surprised that we will break that down tactically because I think that... The performance, it was was quite disjointed. Didn't feel like a 4-1 victory, to be honest. But we had Ronaldo absolutely, you know, doing what he does best. He scores goals. He, he gets the fans going. He's just an absolute phenomenon at the age of 36. So, Rob, welcome back. How are you feeling? Obviously, you've got the Sunnies on. Heavy night last night. And uh, are you as high as everyone else? Um. Oh, well, you know my catchphrase, don't you? Don't, don't get too high, don't get too low. Everyone can appreciate what happened yesterday. It was a very, very emotional day at Old Trafford. Uh, amazing to see Cristiano come out, the noise, the singing, the splendour. It was everything that everyone expected. And what happened? Cristiano got his script and he followed it to a T. A lovely little tap-in and then a decent finish, even though the goalkeeper probably should do better. We're not going to complain about that. But for me as well, kind of trying to take the sting out of the tail and read the game for this show as well as a journalist thinking about the tactics the execution the performance itself for a 4-1 it wasn't anywhere like a 4-1 for me so like where we beat Leeds 5-1 that was a really good performance they kind of strung it all together there were some brilliant moments uh, it worked really well and of course we know that after that the next two games were not particularly good but I think when you look at that game yesterday, it wasn't a case of whether it was with Cristiano being in the team or not being in the team. Obviously, he gets you over the line. That's why you bring a player of his calibre to the club. But there was lots of things wrong. Stuff that we've seen a lot. Stuff that we've covered on this show a lot. And players who have been in this team for one, two, three years, maybe making repetitive errors that I must admit I do not expect to see anymore. And yet I'm still seeing them. So, you know, Ole, of course, in his presser afterwards, very much leaning on the Ronaldo angle, you know, great to have the boy back. That's what he does. Great scoreline. You know, we're near the top of the league. Yay. That's all, all very positives. And lots of United fans on social media now proclaiming that United are going to win the league. I don't think we look anything like a league title winning outfit. I was more kind of um, hot on United winning the league after the Leeds game and thinking, well, if that's what we're going to see this season, fantastic. But I think we've now seen three performances in a row that have, I would say, worrying precedents. And uh, yeah, we're going to break it all down for you today. 
I mean, something I do want to add to that, Rob, and you have to have the caveat. And I watched a few of the other teams play. I watched City play. They were not very good. Leicester should have probably got more out that game. I watched Chelsea as well. Didn't think they were that particularly good again, but they won 3-0. Manchester United weren't particularly good yesterday, disjointed. And, you know, I think that's a very fair thing to say. United won 4-1. I think we have to also look at the positives. You know, we are four games into the season. A lot of these players have played three games in sort of in a week. You know, Pogba's playing for France. Maguire's playing for England. You know, all these players playing internationals. I think that has to be taken into consideration. What I do want to say, though, about Ronaldo, and, you know, it's a good comment here saying his his movement, you know, was was is instinctual. You can't teach that. I really liked what I saw from that first goal. I really liked the fact that he was the only player in that box ready and, and anticipating that tapping. And I love those sort of goals. United haven't had that for a very, very long time. I can't remember the last time I ever had a player like that. I think Rooney used to do it uh, quite a few times. Obviously, Ruben Nistelrooy was another one. But, um, you know, sort of for me, I think the second goal really, really sort of encapsulated what an incredible player he is, Rob. I mean, a lot of players, uh, a lot of fans, sorry, think that he's going to be a player that's going to sit around in the box. I mean, that touch and the pace and then the finish was fantastic. And obviously, the stadium went absolutely crazy. But what I do want to say is that that's what Ronaldo will give you. And while it might be disjointed at the moment, and Manchester United aren't... I mean, look, we've said this on every single masterclass since the Leeds game. We've said Manchester United were fantastic against Leeds. And as we've gone on, they've got worse and worse and worse. And, and that's that's not even a joke. I mean, you're hoping it's the other way around. Yeah. But we're sitting top of the table. It's four games, three wins, one draw, unbeaten. We always say the table doesn't lie. Does it lie, Rob? Are you going to say this time that the table is lying? Because... I, look, it's not perfect. Manchester United have problems in midfield. I think McFred, while people don't like them and we all complain about them, I complain about McFred, is Manchester United's best midfield in terms of giving the platform for those attacking players to do what they want to do. Because so many times yesterday that Newcastle just ripped through our midfield and they were at the centre-backs. So, yeah, yeah, what are your sort of thoughts on that, on the league table as well? Yeah, I will say, don't know, the table doesn't lie. But I also say the table isn't important after like four or five games. It means nothing. The table is that the table doesn't mean something until you're maybe a dozen games in and you can see the shape of the form. So, like you highlighted there, most of the top teams are not particularly playing well. But what's our concern? Well, our concern is our football club. Our team. What's our team doing? Yes, they're massing points. It's good that compared to say last season where at the start of the year they looked poor didn't they they lost they dropped points at old trafford it was a problem they lost to they lost to crystal palace and it was a it was a slow chugging start but like you just said the ronaldo's goal so ronaldo's goal was really good he took it well that goal was all about luke shaw luke shaw after a poor first half decided in the second half that he was going to go and be luke shaw again now, that was great because Luke Shaw contributed hugely to that. He contributed in the second half to the shape and obviously winning the football match. He's one of your more consistent performers. He's a guy who's now who gets it. You know, we've said it before. Someone who maybe didn't quite get it. And then a year ago, suddenly it clicked and he gets it now. But there was a good five players on the pitch yesterday that I thought were substandard that didn't hit their marks for whatever reason, whether it be tactical or confidence or maybe the rotation or new players coming into the mix but it's stuff that we talk about too much and that's what I'm worried about is I want to see progression over the four or five games in the first five six games of the season I want to see tactical progression I want to see that people know them know what their jobs are their roles are a little bit more and what I'm actually seeing is the opposite so you win 4-1 that's great that means something but at half time we were all kind of stood there in the stadium a bit like this going what what just happened in that first 45 minutes it didn't look like a football team the final result can maybe sugarcoat it that's how i described it on twitter 
that it's kind of sugar-coated environment. I know our, our, our watchers here are really excited and people can talk about the international break to the blue in the face. Don't forget that every team has internationals in the Premier League. They've all got that. So there were tired players out there, but there was also, you know, a few tired players out there for Newcastle. So it, it does balance itself. And I just look at United from back to front. There was stuff going on that even within the 70-odd minute, maybe when Lingard came on, I was still sat there going, this could be a tricky one. Like, if we don't get the goal that we need here now, like a third to maybe kill it off, then, you know, what's going to happen? I think it was a moment at 3-1 where they had a really, really good chance. And it was if it had been 3-2 with five minutes to go, there's no one in that stadium who would have been really like, yes, we're definitely going to win this. And that tells you everything about the game. Absolutely, Rob. But let's start with, uh, we'll go from back to front. So let's start with the fullbacks because I think that's a good place to start. And, you know, there's a comment here uh, regarding why Bissaka you know, sort of the first touch in the movement uh, to make a play are very poor for a potential title winning side. I think wan I mean, let's start, Rob, with sort of uh, what's going on off field because I think that's important. Players are humans. They're not robots. You know, we, we expect them to go onto the pitch. We're all guilty of it and expect them to just give 110% and to not even think about things that go outside the pitch. But this, these things do affect you. You have to look at Maguire. Obviously, last season with uh, the whole Greece incident. Obviously, Wambasaka was it was it um, a driving ban, or, or he's been in, you know he's in trouble for that. He doesn't look himself, does he, Rob? And you know, last season we we spoke about Wambasaka a lot, <clears throat> and one of the big things that a modern fullback needs to have is they need to be able to go forward. They need to be able to um, you know be able to offer something in terms of beating a man, putting balls into the box, also in the build up. Wambasaka is a bit of a problem right now for Manchester United right-back. I think that right-back position is a bit of a problem. I think he was a weak link in the build-up. The amount of times the attack sort of broke down or he'd have the ball and he'd look inside again. Mason would do the same. I think Sancho was doing that as well at times. And we will talk about Sancho, guys. I know there's a question on Sancho. Um, but what can United do? Because obviously you need to be attacking with width when you're playing against teams that sit back. And Manchester United didn't do that very well for me. They didn't exploit the wide challenge. You either With teams that are sitting back, you either have to play with width or you have to play the ball quickly. And United didn't do either, did they? You know, there was a lot of sort of a, too many touches on the ball, passing it in and around a bit slowly. But what did Manchester United do with the fullback positions? Because Luke Shaw, obviously, is starting to get into a bit of good form again. And Shaw does it very well. I mean, the carry is just, and the, and the assist for Ronaldo is exactly what Shaw does really, really well. Very progressive, very effective. I mean, what does wan have to do? Because it's the same problems again and again and again. I mean, Dallow must be sitting there thinking, you know what? If he can improve his defence and he can get some game time, he could be taking that right back spot. Absolutely. And and I think the thing is with, with Wan-Bissaka is just like maybe several in the squad, they're playing for their places. You know, they're playing to prove that they are United players for the long term. Now, wan we've talked a lot about him on this show in the last 12 months for different reasons. We've talked about the channel, the way that he kind of guards inside, the way that he's maybe a bit too keen to go into a tackle. We've talked about his chemistry with uh, inside with uh, uh, Victor Lindelof. What we're seeing now is that, you know, and I described this to you off air, you know, he looks a little bit like a former footballer. And what I mean by that is he's not doing anything well at the moment for me. He really isn't. He's not driving the ball. He's refusing to cross when he should. He's not He's not creating the space with Mason on that side, so he's not overlapping. He's not helping Mason kind of drill through the channel. He's not carrying the ball successfully. And he's also now getting done behind. That's pretty much everything. Now, when you win 
you can forget about it. No one needs to worry about it too much. Yeah, you know, you conceded one goal. But we saw how bad that one goal was. You know, a lot of people think United get done in the counter-attack. And when we talk about United statistically, last year we kind of looked into it and we saw that United don't actually really get done on the counter, generally because Maguire is a little bit more conservative and so is Lindelof and they would kind of sit and not allow the space to happen for the counter. Well, what happened yesterday? The, both the fullbacks were at fault, miles out of position, kind of all over the place. It gets kind of slashed away. They get done the wrong side of the halfway line and suddenly they're there and Harry Maguire has some kind of brain freeze and dives in. When Which he, he need Rob to. never does. He's actually very composed. Maguire never seen him do it. Never yeah. seen him do it. So, you know, ultimately it's, it's, a, it's a bad decision and it's not necessarily a bad performance from the player. But I think when you're looking at Wan-Bissaka and his individual talents and what he can do and what we expect from him this season, he's nowhere near, but he's not the only one. So, as I said, there's a, for me, yes, there were five players specifically, and we will talk about it through the show individually, each talent and, you know, who did and who did what. Um, but it was, there was just, it was too much, Hader. It's like I'm stood there watching the game and I'm just thinking, I'm not thinking, oh, yeah, that's great or that was brilliant. That passage of play was fantastic. I'm just thinking there's too many negatives happening here. Why are we walking with the ball everywhere? Why are we not driving it? Why is their channels just open and everyone is just stood around looking at them? It's weird. So these are things that you could look at Ole and say to the manager, go and sort it out because that's your job as a coach. You've got to kind of get your players primed to do the right things. Or you could look at these players and say, why are you not doing it? You know, I just watched in Liverpool here before we go live and I watch in Liverpool's midfield, none of them being, you know, particularly, in, you know, stellar attacking players in, the, in their own right, all driving the ball, getting it on the deck and going 30 yards and getting the ball to Salah in a nice area, getting the ball to Mane in a nice area. Which is what you want with Sancho and Mason and they weren't. And I mean, that yeah. didn't happen yesterday at all. And you could argue and say it's not happened this season yet. First game, yes. United play some good stuff. But since then, it's been tepid. I think one of the, the biggest things, Rob, I want to talk about a positive though as well, because Rafael Varane has seamlessly slotted into this Manchester United starting lineup. He's seamlessly slotted into this league. And there were a lot of a lot of chat, you know, saying that Varane wouldn't be able to do it. It's, you know, he's gonna be too, the league can be too quick for him. He's an absolutely incredible player. And, and I'm more most excited about him than anyone else. I just want to bring up his his stats from yesterday. So you know, he had 67 touches. He had a 91% pass completion. He won eight out of eight duels, 100%, 100% aerial. Um, so that was aerial, five of them, and then grounds, three of them. He had uh, five out of five long passes, three out of three tackles, three clearances made. Now, the amount of times, and we were talking about this, it's, it's fundamentals, though, in, in terms of what we're doing when we don't have the ball. So with wan for example, I saw a few times, and we saw it for the goal, we saw a few times where he would go forward to press by himself. And then all Newcastle did was play a long ball over to San Maxima. And then you had Varane against one player, maybe a couple of other Newcastle players. The way that Varane jockeys and doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't dive in, and that's a, that's a bit of a problem sometimes you have, we've had in the past where the players have dived in. And the way he allows the rest of the team to sort of come back and then they swarm the Newcastle player, it's absolutely world-class, Rob. And I do think that, you know, not trying to knock someone like Lindelof, I think he's a good squad player for if you do want to win the title. But Rafael Varane is elite isn't he, Rob? He's absolutely elite. And you can see that. And I just think that Manchester United are so lucky to have a player like that. But the problem is that you can't have every single game him firefighting because that's what was happening. And I think, you know, um, I, I just think that Oli needs to... 
I don't even think it's a coaching thing, Rob, and I don't think it's a system problem because there's nothing wrong with the system, but it's just players not doing their roles within the system correctly in certain moments. And what's happening then is that, you know, we are in situations where we could we could have been sitting here and saying maybe United, if it wasn't Aldo wasn't there, it could have been a 1-1 draw, or, you know, maybe even the other way around, 2-1 to Newcastle. Totally. You know, it's a game that you could have lost on the, on the premise of what you were doing in the game. Don't have Cristiano Ronaldo, maybe don't win the match. Um, on Rafa Varane, you know, Rafa Varane, we all know, is a world-class defender. That's why you buy him. That's why you bring him to the club. So all I'm seeing from Rafael Varane is what he's always done. So that's great. We want that. That's what we need in consistency and you want to win trophies. That's what Victor Lindelof doesn't do. So Victor Lindelof might be good for 80% of the time, but that 20% is where you concede goals and where you lose matches or, where, or kind of you lose traction. So that's great from Varane. He is a Rolls-Royce. I've described him as that before. But I, I, I just expect it. You know, th this squad is a strong squad now, Haydar, and I expect more. I expect better. But, that, now, but that's, that... that's what we should do, Rob, because this is a very good squad. This squad it... should, in my opinion, be winning a Premier League title. It, it, this isn't about getting high or low or winning 4-1 and feeling happy or unhappy. This is about standards. What do you expect to see in every game without fail? And at the moment, we are not seeing the standards that we would expect in these opening games. It is not good enough. We've just gone and spent quite a lot of money on three really good players. We still haven't figured out a way to get Jaden Sancho the ball where he needs to get it. And we'll talk about Jaden a, a lot going forward because obviously a, it's a topic of debate and people are already kind of saying, is he worth it? You know, how does he fit into this team and all of this? Cristiano is almost like the boring topic here. I know everyone loves him and wants to talk about him, but Cristiano Ronaldo just does what he does. 750 goal merchant. He's a goal scorer. That's what he does. He gets up, you know, has his breakfast and scores goals. That's what he does. Varane is a top class defender. It's now the other bits because the other bits are what are going to help you win a title or a trophy. And, and this is kind of the issue. And we've just talked about Wan-Bissaka and kind of moving through the midfield. United again played the double pivot, which they always play 4-2-3-1. Nothing kind of strange there. In terms of standards and playing, you know, Paul Pogba now with two more assists in this game, Paul Pogba spent most of the game about five yards off Harry Maguire and then turning around and having to hit either long balls over the top towards Bruno's runs or playing kind of conservative movement towards the fullbacks or something like that, something easy yeah, for him. And you could see how uncomfortable he was in that double pivot. And the issue is that he's got, Nemanja Matic next to him, who does what Matic does, and they both spent the whole game just tippy-tapping the ball five yards forward and going nowhere. I, I expect better, Haydar. I expect to see more from international footballers. I don't care if they're tired and have been on international duty. Go and give me 90 minutes of blood, sweat and tears. So this is where we say about, is it tactics? Is it Ole? Is it players? Well, in that, in that moment, it's players because you need to see a little bit more and you need to see them kind of have that connection with each other that, as I just kind of highlighted there with the Liverpool game, you, know, you see the connection. It's there already, you know, between the players. They're a, a kind of seasoned squad. But early doors... I'm not saying to myself, oh, that looks promising. I'm kind of thinking, is that going to be a problem in six weeks? And I don't want to be sat here say, saying, like, you know, being like the harbinger of doom, because that's not what I want either. But I'm seeing these things and it's old money, it's stuff that we've seen before. Pogba doesn't look good in the double pivot. Ole, just don't play him there. You know, just don't do it. You know, Matic looks, 
below Premier League standard, don't play him. Find different ways to do things. Let's, let's different... talk about Van der Beek, Rob, because I think yesterday yeah. was actually a great game for Van der Beek to play. And guys, we all talk about the space. Obviously, Newcastle were very tight and compact, and it's difficult to break teams down like that. And the fact United did score four, for me, is a positive. Obviously, myself and Rob, obviously, Rob's happy about that. We ha we don't necessarily agree on sort of like the, the view of the game, and that's completely fine. And we want to hear your thoughts. But let's actually talk about Van der Beek, because I thought... This was a great game to start him. I think you know he's been saying all, all week he can play. He's not. He can't play as a six, in my opinion, but he can play as an eight. And uh, when he did come on, he came on as an attacking midfielder. So I, mean, I think this is the sort of game that Van der Beek probably would have excelled. You know, he's he's good in possession, quick one touch is what he likes to play. United needed that. Need to move the ball a bit quicker. And I just um, you know for me, I, I don't want to see Pogba deeper. But with the injuries that we've got, no Fred, no uh, no McTominay, that was the situation that we're in. And I think when they do come back, they'll they'll resume that position in midfield. But was yeah, Fred Van on the bench? He, I think, I believe he was on the bench. Yeah, yeah so he's available. So so this is a choice. So we're saying about Pogba playing deep, and we have to play him. No, we don't. We just don't. Paul Pogba is getting a, a elite level assist record in the Premier League at the moment. Seven assists. It's the most anyone's ever got. And we're playing him in defensive midfield. That's not right. That's wrong. You know, so I look at this and I think you can see that in Paul Pogba's game. It's not that he is lazy or people, we, people talk about his demeanor and how he plays. I think it's just like, well, what am I doing here? This is not what I do well. You know, if we'd, if we'd bought Ronaldo and, and played him on the left wing yesterday, people would have said, he just doesn't play on the left wing. It's not really what he does anymore, is it? You know, so I think this is, this is part of the issue. And that comes down to the manager. And you're right about Donny van der Beek. You know, this is the perfect game for him to maybe play with Matic or even Fred. You could have played them both there you wouldn't have to have had a, a defensive midfield as per se as we've said with the double pivot you find that one sticks one goes and that's really how they play it McTominay and Fred one comes like this one goes there we're slotting back in with the mid, with the defenders that's how it works but yesterday they both sat really deep and that was obviously either tactical or something where they're both tired and can't do it and they both decided to kind of nudge the ball forward 10 yards and then turn all the way back inside and give it to one of the centre-backs. It's just like, what are you doing? What, what is that? You know, why are you doing that? There's no need for that. Either drive the ball or give it, go wide and then make space and go again with someone and link up. They weren't doing that either. So I think it was hard for Paul Pogba to do that. I look at Matic, that's his role. So I expect him to do it well. But, you know, there's there's questions obviously because of his age and his maybe his physiology now all these, all these years later. But I think with Paul Pogba, the best minutes for him were the last 20 when he was released a little bit more and he got up the pitch. We scored that lovely goal, a fourth goal, which I don't think happens unless you're 3-1 up because you're relaxed and it's the end of the game. And who was involved with that? It's Paul Pogba on the edge of the box. The problem was that for 70 minutes, Paul Pogba played about four miles away from the edge of the box. So I, I, I don't know. Like This is up to Ole to make these decisions. And everyone knows that I support Solskjaer and, and his tenure at United as manager. But I'm not seeing stuff that makes me think, yeah, this is progression. It almost seems like slowly slowly at times where you're thinking well hang on just play a bit of football for once run with the ball play a ball through the channel and get someone running after it go and tag team up on the right side Aaron please overlap you're a fullback you know it's that kind of stuff that that's not happening and that worries me because I question why it's not happening see I'm going to flip this on you because I don't agree with that so I'm going to say this that I'm going to say that Manchester United when I look across the pitch at the moment, there's still a lot of new combinations, right? So yeah. looking at that left-hand side, you've got, I think Sancho, we saw it with Sancho. Let's talk about Sancho. But I want to talk about the combinations as well, because I think, you know, considering, and I agree with things that you're saying, you know, it was disjointed, but 
we are, you know, four games into the season. And I think that totally. there's a lot yeah. of talent there. So I look at the combinations. <clears throat> I look at the central central defence, you know, sort of Maguire and Varane. It's going to take time. Understanding. I think there's still, while Varane's been fantastic, I think Maguire's still working out, you know, sort of, you know, when he can sort of go and when he can stay. And I think that's that's something that needs to be worked on. But that will with more game time, Rob. That's just the way it works. I think I look at the the right-hand side. Obviously, we've seen Wan-Bissaka and Mason play together a lot. It's not working right now. And Manchester United have to find, or Oli has to find a solution. And the solution, obviously, for me, in the long term, will be Sancho on that right-hand side. When we have a look at Sancho on the left, I think what he was doing so well at Dortmund when he was on the right is he was able to sort of take, take it outside and he was able to put the ball in. And I think when he was on the left, you know, it's more about him beating the man. I just felt like he was, he's not as effective. Looking at left-hand side, it is usually either Pogba or Shaw or it's going to be Rashford and Shaw. So again, still trying to find combinations. Shaw hasn't played a lot with Sancho. Things are going to take time. I look at the midfield. We've chopped and changed consistently. And that's is that that's partly to obviously do with Oli needing to find the right combination. It's also partly to do with the options that we have. It is the weakest area of the team. But again, it's going to take time. And I think we know that it's going to be McFred. When I have a look at the attack as well, you know, obviously Bruno Fernandes hasn't played very well. I think he's still trying to figure out whether he's playing as an eight or he's playing as a 10. He's obviously should be playing as a 10. But again, these things are going to take time. And then you've got Ronaldo coming in doing what he does best. All of these sort of, um, you know, sort of brought together, Rob, and, and you put it together. United winning 4-1 yesterday, sitting top of the table. I'm, I'm positive about it. I'm usually the one that sits here maybe a bit more of doom and gloom. But mm. if United can get these combinations right in the, in the team, they're going to blow teams away. And I think that's, it's going to take time. There's so many, so much attacking talent that Oli needs to find where they fit. And I think right now that is, that is the issue. We've got so many options. What's working, what's not. And the only way he's going to find out what's working is when you put them into a game situation. Yeah, I'm normally the one that says let's wait and see and you're the one who gets frustrated and kind of has a little bit more negativity on it. I think you've had your shot of Ronaldo. So I think this is what it is. It's kind of straight into the vein and you feel great about it. So that's not me kind of taking the mick out of you or anything like that. I think it's more of a case of when you look at Shaw and you look at Sancho, mate, they've just spent eight weeks training together with England. They know each other, right? They don't not know each other. But they didn't play together. That's not the thing. They didn't play together, but they trained together every day for eight weeks. So they do know each other. So this is the thing. It's not like two guys who've never met you know they do know each other of course over time in our system that will be developed won't it you know i totally agree with you on that you know it's no one is judging Jaden sancho like i thought yesterday that he had a really good first half you know i think he had two or three moments yeah, where you saw that if you put sancho in the pocket with the ball and you say to him you've got the option of going outside or coming inside through the channel i think Jaden sancho loves that the problem for me is why is it that the other kind of nine outfield players don't work that out and give him the ball in the pocket? So I, I think that's where it kind of went with Jaden. I think you saw in the second half, United were United changed two or three things around and Jaden actually went wider to kind of stretch the, stretch the space there. Luke Shaw got on his bike, started kind of going through the channel himself. And that's good because it's just you need one of them to do it. So that improved. But I'm not particularly worried about Jaden Sancho. I'm not particularly worried about Luke Shaw, you know, and we're highlighting those two here now. I am worried about Mason and Aaron. I look at those two on the right and say, you two have been playing for two years together. What, what's what's happening here? What, what, why is it not working? So that's one side of it. And of course, as you said there, Jaden will probably go to the right-hand side eventually. You'll have Marcus come back in on the left and then, then there's that balance. But then you're starting afresh again because whenever Marcus comes back in, it all, it's new again. It's a new system again. It's new people in new places. Then you're having to say, work with Aaron Wambasaka, who's who's out of form. So 
for me, they are the issues. You know, you just said there, Bruno Fernandes. Bruno Fernandes, an absolute worldy goal yesterday. Fantastic goal. strike. But you could see for literally 95 minutes of that game, or up until he got substituted, so a little bit before 85 minutes, he looked frustrated. He looked out of kilter. His passing's poor. He can't link play. He can't get the ball into Ronaldo. He can't get the ball wide. He, he he gives away way too much easy possession, like the stuff that you think is like stuff where someone of an elite standard should never give the ball away. But of course, he gets numbers. So he gets numbers. So it's fine. But it's not fine if you're trying to build a team to win the championship. You have to be better. So this is where the story of the season will start to unfold because we're at the very, very start of it now. And of course, no one should panic. And I'm certainly not panicking. But what I would say is I'm disappointed. I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, these are world-class footballers. We've now probably got a starting eleven with maybe five or six world-class players in it. And that's more than we've had for a very long time. But I'm not seeing anything that makes me think that at the moment. I'm saying... Varane's a Rolls-Royce, Ronaldo scores lots of goals. And I'm looking at other players and I'm thinking, well, are you really pulling your weight yet? Ole's got away with it because we're winning and winning is a good habit. Keep winning when you're playing badly. When you play badly and you win, no one really moans. United fans are very high because of the Ronaldo factor. But I tell you what, even the next game, say we go and play young boys. Yeah, we go away from home, play young boys and they play a deep low block and we kind of move it around because it's first game of the Champions League and we don't win that and young boys make us look stupid and young boys are probably uh, maybe top of the championship level team, bottom of the premiership level team and that happens and what do we say? So this is what I, I do fear that that's where we're going and it's not the other way. You're saying you feel optimistic. I say I'm optimistic with the team sheet on paper. I'm certainly not optimistic with the X's and the O's, what I'm seeing on the actual pitch. It was a very, very frustrating display for me. And if you take that scoreline away, there wasn't really a lot to take home from it. No, I think uh, I do agree. You know, like I told you this morning, obviously I rewatched the game and uh, I sort of had a look at, you know, things that perhaps I'd missed when I was watching it obviously yesterday and uh, no, there are definitely there are definitely concerns, Rob. I think so. But when you're having a look at it, you're having a look at sort of what the level is right now. We've got a very, in my opinion, we've got a very good squad. But when you're looking at the level here right now, you're winning four one. You can get better, and it's going to get better, Rob. I'd be very surprised if it gets worse, in my opinion. But what Oli needs to do now, though, is he needs to be able to right, say, right, I, I need my first two choice midfielders back. I think that's where it all starts. And I, and we're sitting here and we're talking about McFred as if we're talking to, uh, as if we're talking about, you know, I don't know, Skulls and Kino. That's that's how we. I feel like we speak about McFred. They're nowhere near that level, obviously. But that's the issue that Man United have right now. That midfield, our best performance was against Leeds. And I think that they give you the solidity to, to do what you want to do going forward. But there are questions here, Rob, sort of about Wan-Bissaka. I still want to bring it back to him quickly. Uh, you know, the question is, has he found his level? Is, is he not going to get to where we want him to? It's a really difficult one because... We saw glimpses last season. We look at how many assists he got. He got four assists last season as well. Same as Luke Shaw. And you're just looking at it and you're thinking, right, he's got to kick on now. He's got to give give more. He's got to do more going forward. But in my opinion, you know, he's not even doing what he did well when he first got here, which was the defensive side of things. So for me, he's a bit of a concern. And I think United really do. You need your fullbacks to be giving you something going forward, Rob, if you want to win a title. A hundred percent. You know, I think that obviously what's happened with with Aaron recently with the court case that that does seem to have affected his form. You know, his form from before maybe being inconsistent. He, as I said, he now looks like a little bit like a former player. He doesn't actually he's not actually doing anything on a football pitch 
really well. You know, he's not excelling. He's not even kind of getting those, you know, prime tackles that everyone seems to love from him. So I don't think he's hit his level. I think you have to be more patient than that. I think you you need a year to kind of assess a player and look through it and kind of go through all the nuts and bolts and look at the stats and look at all the kind of prime markers. Uh, and I think with Wan-Bissaka, you know, his stats were really good last year. There was definitely progress in terms of his all-round game. But he's now got to get that back. Because if he doesn't get it back, Haydar, you're going out and you're buying Kieran Trippier for a lot of money in January. That's what you're doing. So th this is the problem. Everyone's going, oh, well, you know, Trippier's contract's running down. Well, not if, uh, if Atletico trigger his extension. So they could do that. And then you're having to pay the money. And I wouldn't be surprised. You know, United did want to buy him towards the end of that last week. We talked about it on our show here. I said that, that they were looking still at Trippier. It was like they were looking for the third signing before Ronaldo. Uh, and, they, and Trippier was probably the name that they, everyone was going to go for. That was what United were talking about. Um, and you can see why. It's just as simple as that. You can see why United wanted a right back because right back looks dysfunctional, and right back is affecting right the right side of the forward line. It will if it's affecting what's going on inside, and as I always say, it always affects like three or four positions. It's not always just that one player. Uh, in the same way that Ronaldo will positively affect three or four positions around him in terms of his movement in the box and helping out and finding those little pockets of space. It also set the same with the fullbacks. Luke Shaw now, you see how progressive he's become. And when Luke Shaw is good, he's almost unplayable. You know, oh, this is how this is where so we good. get. So so you have the best and the worst all operating in the same function, Hadar. And this is why I'm not feeling great about it. Because like you just said there, oh, you for me it can only get better. And I'm sitting there going, I don't know if this is our ceiling for the first few weeks of the season. I think we're seeing what we've got at the moment. I don't think we're seeing anything better than this because someone needs to start learning to pass a football. Someone needs to start penetrating space. Someone needs to start taking responsibility for their own games. And we're seeing far too many of them in each performance since the Leeds game not do that. Yes, tiredness, international break, etc. We need to see more. And I think the 4-1 really does kind of belie what we actually saw on the football pitch. United fans are happy. You're happy. Ronaldo's here. Yay. But to me, it doesn't mean United are automatically going to be title challengers unless they sort out these several key components that we've talked about for at least the last 12 months. Oh, yeah. we've, we've had this same conversation. We've had the Wan-Bissaka conversation last year. We've had the midfield conversation. We've had, you know, the, the, the same sort of, you know, issues that it's the same tone, isn't it? It's the same yeah. tone. So it's it's not just the information. It's the same tone. It's like, well, it's not good. So why is it not good? What can we do to make it better? Well, we could do this combination, that combination. Try this. Tweak the system. Let's not have one defensive midfielder. Let's not go with two. Let's do this and the other. You can try all these things, but United don't try them. They don't change those things. But this is this Ollie, is what I wanted to say. <clears throat> this is what I Ollie say sticks to it, and he wants yeah. to stick to it because he believes the players are best in that formation, and I get why he does that. However, if that's United's best in terms of their performance function, then we're not going to win the league. No chance. You know, you got you might end up in the top four, but you're not going to be you know near a hundred points, which is what you need to kind of get towards winning a championship now. So, you know, I, I don't want to be that the kind of like we said good cop bad cop here, and it's like I don't want to be bad cop, but but we need to see a little bit more. We need to see that those those seeds are kind of blooming now. They're kind of getting something out of this transfer window. And yes, Varane, I think, will be great this year. I think Ronaldo will score goals, even if United come... United could come 10th and Ronaldo will get 30 goals. 
you know it's just what it is you know it's what he does but it's the other parts that i'm still kind of thinking well hang on you've been doing this 18 months now lad why are you not getting better you know bruno you know we need you to be better why is it you get pulled after 60 minutes in every portugal game you know, it would happen at United if we felt that we had someone who could come in for him. So this is the whole thing. Yesterday, he comes off with five minutes to go. And there's every chance you could have said, well, well, Donny van der Beek probably should have had a few more minutes, but he got five. So there's things there, you see, hey, Dada, that are behind the statistics are still a little bit concerning. Well, you know, the question here is saying, Rob, see, what needs to change first, solve the problems and then solve the others. The key for me really is, is the midfield, the balance. You know, there's comments here saying the balance isn't right. Absolutely spot on. No, outside of a transfer that. window, outside of a transfer window, what you need to do is you need to find a way to keep Fred and McTominay fit. And they are the first two names on the team sheet every week because then you build around the pivot. And then people don't want to hear that. They don't, don't want to hear it. That. It's like the most reality. unpopular view in Manchester United's history in the last last few years. And people don't want to hear it because they don't like Fred and McTominay. But there is a reason why they start every game. Statistically, it shows it. In the eye test, it shows it. And then when they're not there, that's when you really see it. When they're not there together and looking after each other and doing the function. And you put Matic, who's a top-class player there, multiple trophy winner, Paul Pogba, World Cup winner. You put them in front of Varane a World Cup winner, and Harry Maguire, captain of the football club, and it looks a mess. And you think to yourself, that's either Ole not getting it right, or it's these players not fulfilling their function. And I just think it's that they don't work. It's a chemistry issue. They don't work together very well just because of their personalities. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, balance is such a big thing, isn't it? And I think, you know, mm. obviously going back to Morgan's question, what needs to change first? I think that's the first starting point. I think Oli needs to make a decision now. I think give Dallow a game on Tuesday, see what Dallow can do, because I think, you know, United need to sort that out. They need more from that right right side flank. And I think it's going to benefit Mason more as well if you've got a fullback behind him who's willing to to overlap and actually take a man on. Because the amount of times Wamsaka like had it, could have taken a man on. I just don't understand why he's not doing that, Rob. That's yeah. what I don't understand. It's because it, obviously Ollie's not saying don't do that. He wants him to do it, but they look back inside, and I think that's that's a problem. You know, you're watching. You know, for example, it's just very slow and laboured. But what I do also want to say as well that United probably do need to sort out where they need to put Jaden Sancho. They need to sort out where they are going to pay Paul Pogba. I don't want to see him deeper, but I think you know we might see him deeper. So you know, it's, it's these little things that Ollie needs to sort out. But I will bring it back to Van der Beek, and a lot of fans have been talking about Van der Beek, but. You've, you've got a player now. You didn't let him go to Everton. I believe, you know, there was there was discussions he's going to go there. You've kept him now. So now use him. Find a way to use him. There's no point him sitting on the bench and then you're going to go and lose him for less in the summer. Like, it's just it just doesn't make sense. You've got a player in there who can offer something. You've got to find a way to get the most out of him. So that's something, that's where I would be looking. I'd be looking and thinking, by the way, Van der Waite's not the saviour. He's not going to go and change everything for Manchester United, but give the lad a chance. Let's see what he can do. Change it up a bit. I think that's a good place to start, really, for me. Yeah, look, I, I'm not interested in market value, so I don't care if Van der Beek's value goes up or down. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in Man United winning football matches, finding the correct path to get this team winning games. So would I play Delow in the first Champions League game? No, because I want to win that game. I'm not I'm not, I'm not. not testing a Champions League match on a player who we're not sure about. So I think Delow will get game time. I'd rather that he kind of got 15 minutes in Premier League matches and built up and find a way into it because we do know that defensively he has issues. But of course, the big issue there is as we've said for the whole of this programme, is Wan Bissaka. So I do think that it's trying to find a way now to get Van der Beek into this team. If Van der Beek has spent all of this time getting fit, getting more physically stronger and being a kind of more of a ball progressor, which is what he's talked about, then 
give him a chance in the double pivot while people are still injured. So while McTominay is coming back, looking at this next game coming up, if you want to keep Matic in there as a sitting defensive midfielder, fine. But I think in this Newcastle game, you could have said, right, Paul Pogba, you're, you're getting assists every game. Go and play where you've been so good at the top of the pitch. I'll play Jadon on the right-hand side. And do you know what? For this game, Mason, you're going to go and sit on the bench and maybe come on after an hour or something. You can do that. You know, there are not players who are undroppable in this team. You know, it's a team It's a team effort at the end of the day anyway. So when you look at kind of Van der Beek, we've got to now start seeing what he can do in that pocket because I would have expected him to do better than both Pogba did and also um, and also Matic. That's not saying he's better than Paul Pogba. Of course not. But it's the function. It's a chemistry. It's moving the ball on. So I might want to see that in the next few games and seeing how you open that up. What I probably think United will end up doing is they'll stick to what they know. And then when McTominay comes in, we'll hammer McTominay until he breaks his leg and it falls off or something again, like we've done with Rashford. So that is an issue for me because I kind of think, so if you haven't really got options, maybe what they should be thinking now is going, right, I'm going to play 3-5-2 this week. Let's do something different. I don't need you know when, when you play Newcastle and they've got one attacker and they're playing counter-attacking they're so deep let's play a three at the back now they do kind of do that when the midfielder drops in but let's play a proper three five two with wide players pushed high up the top end of the pitch and then having two strikers around the box and then you could play say Ronaldo and Mason together I'd like to see some variation Haydar this is what I want to see from the club I want to see that United have a plan B when plan A doesn't need to be oh, used oh, well, we, we, this is a point as well that I did want to say is that we have a squad where you can change things around but I think it's we just, do we should Oli hasn't done that we've seen a lot that he did he is very loyal to certain players you know and he will it's almost you know what's what's the phrase the insanity of doing things again expecting a different result we've got options now there's, there's quality in the squad to do different things and uh, that's what he needs to be doing. Now. I don't believe it's loyalty. I said this to you, I think, last season. I think it's just choice. It's just like he looks at it and he goes, "What? how am I going to win this next match? That's all he cares about. That's all I care about. How do you win the game? What's the best formation, best function to win the game? But also helping maybe to start the rotation a little bit more, helping players get a little bit of rest when they need it. So like wan as we just said there, he might not be able to come straight out, but you could maybe start by substituting him now and then and giving him a little bit more of a break and you know giving him a few minutes off. But we don't do these things, do we? So you have to ask Ole why that is. But I, I think United now this season, even if we don't win the title or we don't win a trophy, if we get to the end of the season and say United played well and they've now got three systems that they can go into and play against teams rather than one system, because that's all we've got. We've only got one system. You know, and we play that every week against everyone. So it's like we can never really change it. Yet we've got this world-class squad of many, many players. And it's I don't know if we're utilising these players because they all look a little bit inhibited within their own skins. And I don't want to say we've got to play 44 on. So Paul Pogba, you've got seven assists this year now. Please go and play in front of Harry Maguire. I don't want that. I don't want to yeah. see it because yeah, it's not a... it's not even working. If it was working, I would sit here, you know, and kind of, you know, with my thumb in my mouth and say, well, at least it's working. I can't say anything about that. You know, played brilliantly, but it's not working. So you have to try other things as the season unfolds. There's a good comment here, Rob, uh, from the mm -hmm. football scholar saying, I think Scott with Paul in the pivot would work against teams where we have 70 plus uh, possession. Uh, Matic and Pogba don't have the mobility between them. I want to focus on the mobility point. Mm -hmm. I think that's what you need in this uh, in this system. So, you know, I think one of the things that my, myself included, obviously what we say about my friend is that 
while they give you the mobility, they don't uh, they don't perhaps give you the ball progression. And we know that. But I think, you know, the first thing that the system needs for me is that mobility. It needs They need to be able to do the work, need to be functional first. We know that need to be better going forward, but that's what you're lacking when you take them both out. Now, I, I, I think I'm quite shocked, like a lot of other people, at how much we really are missing someone like McTominay who does give you that energy in midfield. And I think, you know, that's what Van der Beek has to do, doesn't he? He has to show Oli that he can do that side. One, one of the things I sort of picked up on last season, which Van der Beek was doing, is that you remember we mentioned the sort of, that, you know, one goes and one stays. I think one of the biggest issues with Van der Beek last season was that he wasn't understanding. He just went, didn't he? He just vacated and left so much space. Yeah. So I think, you know, if he can sort that out, I think he can play in that role. And I think he will offer you more ball progression. He's not a natural ball progressor, I don't think. But, you know, that we have got different options here, Rob. You know, for example... You know, where does Jesse Lingard fit into this, by the way? I mean, obviously, I think he's still a bench player, but where does he fit? What can he offer? Because I thought he was very sharp yesterday when he did come on. Well, he fits on the bench. That's it. <laughs> you don't start. If everyone's fit, Jesse Lingard doesn't play. So, you know, I like having Jesse in my squad. You know, like yesterday, you saw he came on 20 minutes. Great goal. You know, he can do the job. We know that. We saw what he did at West Ham. We saw it played for England the other day, shockingly, gets an international setup, scores two goals. So, Jesse Lingard is not a bad player. So, I don't think he's an issue. Just going back to the question there about, uh, about Van der Beek and Scott McTominay and Pogba, I'll just reiterate what I just said. I don't want Paul Pogba in a double pivot with anyone. I don't want Paul Pogba in a double pivot with Kante. I don't want to see it. I want to see Paul Pogba play at the top end of the pitch because that's what he's good at. Now, we're looking at Van der Beek. Van der Beek has to show a progress if he plays in a double pivot in terms of what we saw last year. So he hasn't got a kind of very high standard to go from. It's quite a pretty low bar. And if we saw him move around a little bit more and maybe played a little bit more progressive football from that area, I think we'd all be delighted. But you know what? You can put roller skates on his ankles and he will still be less mobile than Fred and he will still be less mobile than McTominay. So this is the issue. It's not about it's not about crowbarring footballers into your team. It's about having the right footballers in the right positions in your team. So as it stands today, unless you go and buy a midfielder that can do it. So for instance, next summer, you might go and get Basuma. Next yeah. summer, you might go and get Tillemans. You might go and get Neves. There are players out there you can get, but they're at, they're at a premium. And as when Man United come in, of course, it's an extra 20 million quid. So that complicates deals. That's why United haven't executed any of these deals. But as it stands today, United are trying to win the championship with a double pivot of Scott McTominay and Fred. And we need them to be fit. And there's no way of crowbarring players in when they are fit. Now they're injured. Now they've kind of been out the team with Scotty. Yeah, this is your chance to say to Donny, we're going to give you three games in there. Yeah, and you're going to play in there. One game you might play with Matic. One game you might play with Fred. And we're going to find a way to see if we can play you in this team without compromising the function of conceding goals because that's the issue. So... I don't want Donny van der Beek to get the ball off um, off the back two, you know, off the centre-backs and be playing amazing balls through the channels and us going, oh my God, he's a world-class player. Everyone knows what he already is. He's a good player, but it's finding his function within the team. And he's going to be a bench player like Lingard, but it's about being able to use them at the right times. And I, I think that this is where the, the key comes this season about finding systems. Because if you play 3-5-2, you would absolutely be able to play Donny van der Beek in the set in central midfield. Easily. Easy, easy. Because he'd have that function to be able to get forward and play behind the front. Yeah, he has the protection of, of the three. He's you know, got three. the protection because then you would say to Fred McTominay protect him you know so it's almost like a 4-3-3 shape and we know that you 
United have flitted between those two. They didn't go yesterday 4-3-3 because of the low block. So they kind of kept it 4-2-3-1. But we've seen in the opening games that they have switched two or three times within games to 4-3-3, trying to find that plan B as I'm talking about. But I don't know. Like it's it's there's lots of question marks over player heads. It almost reminds me of the Fellaini questions, like when Fellaini was at the football club. Fellaini's best position at Everton, everyone knew, was kind of to the left of a striker. That's what he did really well. He would go back to goal, turn in. He scored tons of goals that way. And what did he do when he came to Man United? They played him as number six. Played him yeah. number six his whole career, and everyone went, "Oh, he's a lump." Of course, and he's he a lump. Rin- he got rinsed yeah, as well. And that's not his ability. fault. So that was sort of thing is Mourinho loved it. Mourinho loved him there and that's fine. And that's the manager's choice. But it's a little bit like McTominay, who uh, by trade is an attacking midfielder. People don't even know this. When he was a kid, he's an attacking midfielder and a striker. That's what he used to do. He used to bang in goals for fun. And he can do that function, which is why he scored eight goals last year from the double pivot. So if I'm Ole, I'm looking at him and I'm kind of going, people might not like him, but I do. So I'm going to play him and I might win more games if I don't play him. So I think that's the balancing point. Well, let's uh, let's address this question before we wrap up. And it's a uh, good one here from Mars. Is Bruno lack of dropping in the midfield an Oli thing or a Bruno thing? Because it's really hindering our precision. Now, now with, with Bruno Fernandes, I don't want him to, I don't want him to drop back. But we need to get him the ball in good areas. I don't think he got the ball well in, in good areas. I don't think that uh, Matic or Pogba got the ball to him. Oh, I don't think they, no. they did that. I don't think they broke the lines to get the ball to him. That's what you need. It's similar to what you say about what we're saying about Sancho. It's all, it's all and well giving the ball to Sancho, but get him in the right areas. Don't have him yeah. deep looking to pass the ball back. It's the same with Bruno. That's not to say that Bruno shouldn't also take responsibility for his own performances because I think, you know, Bruno has not played well, you know, maybe for the last two, three games, uh, but he does come up with goals and that's what he does. But what I want to see from Bruno is I want to see him in getting the ball in the right areas. It's all about service. We talk about with the striker, it's about service as well. I think it's the same with Bruno and getting him in the right areas. And he's a number 10, Rob. That's it. He's not a number eight for me. Don't put him deeper. We said this in a couple of podcasts ago that the further back you put him, the way, that's why, as you mentioned, he's coming off in the 60th minute for Portugal. It's why when he plays a Ronaldo, he's not as effective. It's, I don't think it's a him and a Ronaldo issue. I think they're going to be a fruitful combination, in my opinion, if Bruno's playing as that number 10. But it's about getting the ball to him in the right areas. So, yeah, it's a frustrating one, and he's frustrated. You can see it, and I don't like petulant Bruno. You know, you know he's having a bad game, and he's just he's just yapping away, isn't he? And you can tell that. But you know what? Great goal yesterday. He's very, very key to this team. And Manchester United need to get him performing better. I think potentially, I'll go against what you just said there, I think potentially it is a Ronaldo-Bruno thing. So this is why he gets pulled after 60 minutes, because he plays effectively as a number eight for Portugal, and yet he's still kind of given license to get forward, to get into the box, to go and do Bruno things. We know what he likes to do. You know, we saw yesterday what he likes to do when he's on the edge of the box. He wants to tee himself up. He wants to find those pockets. That's what he is, you know, and that's what he does best. But you can see that when he plays for Portugal, there is a chemistry issue between him and Ronaldo. No doubt about it. It is a chemistry issue. And you might say, well, why have United bought Cristiano Ronaldo as their best player who's Bruno Fernandes and they've got a chemistry issue? Well, it's because you think you can solve that chemistry issue. So like you just said there, you think they'll work it out. Well, we're not quite seeing it yet. It was only the first game yesterday with Ronaldo. I think it is a Bruno question rather than an Ole question. Because I don't think Ole is saying to him, don't do what you do well, Bruno. Don't go and do all those magnificent things that you did for me last season. Just don't do them. Go and do something else. Go and be number eight. He's not saying that at all. It's the connection and it's it's the dots. It's where Ronaldo makes his run and about where Bruno positions himself. So just to kind of end it up here is that 
in the first half, we saw that Bruno was almost like in the number nine position and Ronaldo was almost next to him. So they were almost like, they were just they were just together as, as, as a pairing. And you found that, what why, why did they do that? Because so Bruno could do the press and Ronaldo didn't have to. So that was why they did that. But it didn't work in the first half and they had to switch it. And in the second half, Bruno was a little bit more roaming, like a 10, kind of going away. Cristiano was a bit more in the box. So like in the first half, he played more outside the box and to the left and kind of coming in. And in the second half, he played more as a number nine. He was kind of more in that role, which is why when he was in the channel and the ball comes to him from Luke Shaw, he can take one touch and score. It started to work itself out. That's a good sign. But for me, it's about Bruno taking responsibility for his own performance. So if I come and watch Bruno Fernandes and he comes off the pitch and I think, do you know what? Great goal, but you played poorly. I ain't knocking on the manager's door asking why Bruno Fernandes played poorly. I'm asking Bruno Fernandes. So that's something for him to work out with Ronaldo because they've got to go to the training ground. Him and Cristiano are close. They're mates. We know this. You know, he helped him bring, bring him to the football club, Agent Bruno and all of that uh, spiel that was kind of put about in the last few weeks. But now we need to see chemistry. And there is a chemistry issue with him as a number eight for Portugal and Cristiano as a number nine. It's obvious he gets pulled every game for Portugal. So obviously the Portuguese management are looking at it and going, well, it doesn't work. So we're not pulling Cristiano. So Bruno, you're off. And you see him mope off like this, 60th minute every time. And you think, if it happens one, that's, that's a problem. But when it happens every international match, that tells you a lot. United need to solve that issue. But Bruno Fernandes, more than anyone, needs to solve that issue. Yeah, look, I, I want to end on a positive note, Rob, because I think that, you know, what you've got with someone like Cristiano Ronaldo is that that mentality. You saw you saw the interview yesterday after the game. You know he's here to win a title. He's not here to uh, you know to to challenge. He's not here just to, to collect his final paycheck. He's not here. You know he's here to win. And Manchester United, whilst yesterday was disjointed for me, there is a lot of quality in this squad. Yes, the combinations aren't quite there yet. Oli's got to work on that. Players have got to do their roles properly. But we're in a really good position, in my opinion, when you're looking at sort of where we are on the table going into the Champions League next week as well. We're in a good position and we're, we're in a good sort of foundation to build off. What he needs to do now is obviously we need to sort that midfield out. We obviously need to see what we're going to do with Wan-Bissaka on that right-hand side. We've got to try and get Sancho firing a bit better as well, getting the ball in good areas. We need to get Bruno as well, getting the ball in good areas. But for me, I'm positive. I am positive. I I'm positive, but we've got all these problems. <laughs> no, but I'm, posi I'm positive because we're sitting top of the table though. And I'm not sitting here thinking... Yeah. Uh, this is absolutely shocking. And I think, you know, yeah. we've had a bit of a role reversal today because I think that you're looking at, you're obviously looking at it from, there are a few issues in that team, but we're also in a good position. It's not like we're losing games. Yeah, I'm just Last trying, season, I'm, And the season before we'd lost games like this, we'd be in a really bad position. We're sitting at the, top, at the top of the table. Yeah. It's got to be better. And Oli's got to find a way and, and the players have got to be better. But you know what? That's four games into season we're, we're a month into season that can improve with more game time and combinations and understanding if, I, if i'm playing championship manager and this was my team i'm dead happy if i look at it on paper it's a great team there's lots of quality in almost every position maybe not every position but we are we are getting there on paper looks great on a football pitch hader it does not look great 
It doesn't. It looks okay. It's not the worst thing in the world. But if you only have to solve one or two or three problems, cool. You go to the training ground, you work it out. If you've got eight problems, then that is a big problem. It's like, well, what do I need to do? Do I need to find new systems? Do I need to find new roles? Do I have to put plays and other responsibilities? So I think this is how it will unfold. And I'm certainly not negative. You know, I'm not sat here thinking United are going to have a terrible season. I'm certainly not sat here saying United are going to be outside the top four or anything like that. But I'm yet to see, bar the Leeds performance, something that really excites me. Yeah. And I want to be excited when I've got Cristiano Ronaldo up top, Paul Pogba playing on the left-hand side where he should be playing, Jaden Sancho on the right-hand side where he should be playing, and Bruno Fernandes as a number 10 where he should be playing. So I want to see this, and sometimes injuries stop you from seeing it. But I think also with Ole, I'm not kind of low on him either, but I'm also very much a realist that he is the guy that has to trigger this. Uh, a football team is always a reflection of its manager. There's no doubt about it. That's how it works. And for me, with the mistakes that we're seeing, some that are tactical, some might be player responsibility, we need to see a little bit more. Um, I'm not willing at the moment to stand off it and say, yeah, it's all great. I'm not, because the players are good. We've got great players, but they're not playing like great players at the moment. Some of them are, but some of them look very flat. They look a bit tired and it's like the fourth game in the season. We're talking about fatigue, not a good look. So I, I, I hope we get there. I, you know, I hope that in two, three weeks time, we're not reiterating points that we've talked about in these opening weeks. Um, but yeah, you're, you're top of the table. Everyone can get high on that. They can get happy about that. But the table means nothing until 10 or 12 games in where you actually see who really are the form teams and who really are the championship contenders. True. I mean, to be honest, Rob, not many teams have really impressed me that much. You know, I haven't looked at City and thought, wow, incredible. I haven't looked at Chelsea. Yeah. And thought, but they've incredible. got, they've I, got I, previous. They've got previous. At least you yeah, know City, they they've got previous and we haven't. So yeah. we are that we're trying to chase them and they will find their gear. And the problem is that when they find the gear, if we're still looking for ours, they'll be 13 points ahead of us. And we'll be like, whoa, season's over already. And it's like December. So that's what I worry about. I need to see a little bit more. I'd like to see us scaring teams already. You know, I want to see us play Newcastle and people see United absolutely hammered Newcastle. They're a terrible defensive team. They played a low block and United danced around them. We didn't dance around them. We beat them and it was good, but we didn't dance. And, and I want to see a little bit more dancing on this dance floor. I like that. It's a lovely way to end. Look, guys, thank you all for all your comments. Obviously, we saw Ronaldo come back with a brace and it was great to see and, and Old Trafford was rocking. Make sure you hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, do retweet as well. That really does help us grow the Masterclass family and we will see you all next time. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.